My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 182 of The Kate Show. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. Looking for a professional client workflow that can be automated just as much as your window treatments? I thought so. Check out HoneyBook and use code SOCIALITE for 50% off your first year. Go to HoneyBook.com and use the code SOCIALITE for 50% off. Guys, today's guest on the show is really one of my favorites. Am I allowed to pick favorites? It's my show. I can pick favorites. This man has an inspiring story and the way he is empowering people in the home industry with or without a college degree is just exactly what the world needs right now. If you have ever felt like you are being told that because of who you are, because of what you look like, because of where you come from, you can't do something or that the cards are somehow stacked against you and and there's something in you that just says, hey, you know what? I don't agree with that. Well, this is the episode for you. Your circumstances do not define who you are, nor do they define or limit how successful you can become. And don't take it from me. Take it from today's guest, Roger Magala. His transformative journey from car washer and truck driver to successful entrepreneur twice over will inspire you to do more and to be more than you ever thought possible. Often the key to success in business isn't about knowing the right people, but about being the right person, one that is willing to learn and work hard. If you're looking for a legacy business that exemplifies empowerment, look no further. On today's episode, you'll learn that Most of the obstacles we face as entrepreneurs are internal. What we believe about ourselves and what the world tells us that holds us back, a lot of it's just a lie. If you think you can't do something because you're too young or too old, because you were born into rough circumstances, or because you don't look like everyone else around you, well, you're in for a strong dose of hope and a whole lot of elbow grease. So let's get into today's conversation with Roger. Roger Magala hails from Brazil, where he studied robotics in tech school before moving to America in 2000. Once in the United States, he worked as a car wash and drove trucks before launching his window treatment business, Shades in Place. Roger is a regular columnist for Window Fashion Vision Magazine, a presenter at the International Window Coverings Expo, and the installation instructor for the Window Fashion Certified Professional Fast Track Program. In 2020, Roger was named one of seven top window fashion influencers by Vision Magazine. That same year, he founded Trading Up Consulting with the goal of offering installation training and business coaching to people already in the window treatment industry, as well as newcomers looking for an edge to succeed. I'm very excited about this conversation today, and I know that you will be as well. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I have Roger with me today. You guys heard all about him in the intro to this episode. Roger, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Kate. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. You know, there are not a lot of people that are doing exactly what you are doing, and I want to talk to you all about it. I've got 
so many questions for you. And for those listening, they've already heard a little bit about your story because I read your bio in the intro of this episode and I talked all about how you migrated from Brazil and you became an entrepreneur. And it's honestly a really inspiring story. But I would like to start at the beginning and just get this directly from you. So, you know, you've been in the U.S. for about 21 years and just six years into moving here from Brazil, you became that entrepreneur. And my question to you, Roger, is did you move to the States with the intention of starting a business or did that just kind of show up as a dream once you were here or, you know, what brought you here? We'd love to know the backstory. It's very interesting. I think I was born an entrepreneur because since I was a kid, I always wanted to have my own business. I didn't know what kind of business was going to be, but I always wanted to have a business. So for instance, I would go to a bakery shop in Brazil and I see all, you know, the people there buying and all of that. And I say, wow, these people must make a lot of money. I might get into this, but then I start analyzing. Yeah, but I need to have a lot of employees and I need to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and they're going to work until 10 o'clock at night. Oh, this is not the business I want to. And then I will go to a pharmacy and then I see people in and out. Well, this might be nice. And, you know, I always analyze businesses and, you know, as a kid, you really didn't know exactly what I was doing, but in my mind, it was kind of looking for a business. And I had a, a little business when I was a kid. I, I shine shoe. I asked my father's friend to build a shine shoe box for me so I could make some money. Then on my vacations, my aunt used to live on the beach and her husband had a, a little business making cement blocks. So instead of going to the beach, I would go work with my uncle just to be busy. I, I always been like that. I went to trade school and went to work for General Motors. That's still in Brazil. And then they moved to another part of the country. I didn't want to go with them. And then my cousin was already living in the U.S. back then. And I said, well, it might be an opportunity to go there. But my plan was just to come here, learn English, make some money because I could make more money here than in Brazil. And then I said, well, I'll save some money and then I'll go back to Brazil and I'll open a business there. Obviously, it, it didn't happen quite that way, but I always had a, a business mind and a wish to have a business. So the opportunity came across with the same cousin six years later when I decided to stay. And I said, well, no, this is a, a better living here. I'm just going to stay and eventually I'm going to have my own business. At, at that time, I was driving truck big trucks and I bought my home and I started remodeling my home and I really liked the hands-on part of it and then when I was done with the whole remodeling I kind of missed the hands-on piece and I said well maybe I will start a business that way but I don't want to give up my trucking business and in order to be in construction you're not going to be in and out of of a job site you know if you're doing flooring you're not going to start on a Thursday. Say, oh, Mrs. Jones, I'll come back next week on my day off to finish your floors. So that wasn't really something that I thought could be possible. And then talking to my cousin, he was a, a shade installer too. And he was in and out, out of jobs. 
I say, really? Do people pay you to install shades? I say, it doesn't make any sense to me because I was handy. You know, I could do all that myself. I say, oh, yeah, that's a lot of people. They, they don't have the knowledge or they don't have the time. So, yes, this is a business. I say, well, let me tag you along for, you know, a day or two just to see how this really works. And I got hooked. And I said, wow, this is hands-on. I can have my little side business on the side and I can still drive trucks. And little did I know, I started Shades in Place back then. My goodness. What I really like about your story is that you didn't wait for opportunity to come to you. You were actively looking for opportunity for what sounds like a long time. And then you just went out and created your own opportunity. You created your own success. And that's something that I see as a common theme with people in the home industry. And Mm -hmm. one thing that I do want to have you talk a little bit more about, though, is shades in place, because I can already hear some of my listeners saying, well, maybe it was easier for him because he already had a cousin in the industry. Maybe that was like his key to quote unquote overnight success. So can you speak to that a little bit? Like how hard was it starting Shades in Place? What challenges did you face and how did you overcome that? As I said, I asked my cousin, do people really ask you to pay you to install? So to me, this wasn't even an industry. You know, I had absolutely no idea. And then he, he was just measuring installing for these customer direct outlet that you can buy shades from. And I said, all right. So he hooked me up with his company as a subcontractor. And I started measuring and installing, which was just hard treatments, which is not exactly that difficult. So, you know, width and heights and common sense. So to me, it was that part was kind of easy. I didn't do the sales. I didn't do anything else other than the measuring installing. But then people start calling me back for more work for, oh, Roger, can I buy products from you? Because the people at the store, they really didn't know or you kind of understand. Let's say, and then I see another opportunity to sell products. To me, this was just a part-time job when I first started. No business plan or anything like that. So, yeah, sure. And that was maybe two months into this side gig. I would call side gig now. So I already knew one fabricator that could open my account. So I would have a couple books, sample books. So I bring to these people. And then I see the prices. Oh, my God. Who is going to pay this kind of money for blinds? You know? totally untrained, totally, this is not my game. But I I saw, wow, I can make money. And then I realized, well, this is not exactly that simple. And then you need to talk colors. You need to talk styles and all of these things that I absolutely had no idea. So it's not really that simple. It looks simple from the outside. Once you get in, you realize that's a lot of details that need to be involved. But I say, well, I already started these. I just need to make a way to make it work. So I start doing a lot of networking to learn how to network, things that you need to look for. That's how I learn about QuickBooks. That's how I learn about um, going to training. And so, well, there's even training for window treatments. And somehow I came across WCAA and I went to Hunter Douglas to get a certification. And that pretty much how the whole thing started. But one thing I always been like that, 
you never stop learning. There's always something else to be learned. Yeah. And again, you, you kept looking for those opportunities and then you were humble enough to educate yourself instead yeah. of being like, well, I already know. I'm going to go figure this out. And I do think that that is one of the keys to your success, that you're constantly just soaking up information because this is a fast moving industry. And now there's all sorts of technology involved with window treatments. And what has that been like? I mean, do you ever feel like you have information overload? Is it almost intimidating to get into the industry or how, how do you approach that? What I would say, it is impossible to know everything. It's just impossible. Even if you just dedicate yourself to one line or maybe a couple vendors, it's still a huge amount of information to learn. So don't get discouraged if you feel like you don't know anything. Just knowing a little bit. I went to a training once and the speaker said, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know 5% more than the person you're talking to. So that gives you a, a morale boost. I don't need to know everything, but I know more than this person that is hiring me. Obviously, with technology, Facebook, all social media, it's easier to learn from other people's mistakes. And if you are humble and hungry for information, you can learn a lot. But the bottom line is you're never going to know everything. But you should never stop learning because there's always something happening, new technology, things connecting to cell phones, homes are getting bigger, windows are getting wider. So the standard cord lock doesn't work anymore. Child safety, sun coming in, integration with other electronics in the house. There's always something. Yep. To your point, it looks simple on the surface, but it takes so much effort to present that simplicity. And the thing is, you should not ever be comfortable. Otherwise, the competition is going to eat you alive. You mm. always need to be looking for something else just to keep up with the trends, the industry, read magazines, always looking for new products, see what's the new trends, mm-hmm. go to seminars, all of those. Yes. I like what you just said, never be comfortable. Because I do think that some people start a business and they look for comfort. Like, why doesn't this just feel so cozy? Why don't I just feel like I can relax into this? But that, that's just not how a growing business operates. We are constantly being pushed outside of our comfort zone as entrepreneurs. And going back to the education piece, just for a second, I know that back in Brazil, you studied robotics. And I'm just curious, how has that helped or influenced the technical side of what you do? Because as you just said, things are connected to cell phones. You have so many other factors to be aware of. So did that play a part or was it like a totally separate skill set that you had? No, absolutely. Not, not just the robotics, but even driving trucks. I learned how to utilize my day and to make my routes the best out of it for the day so I don't waste time going from north to south, back to north, going to west, back to east, even how to load my van the proper way so everything gets very efficient. So everything you learn is really somehow you can utilize. And with the robotics piece, definitely gave me an edge because I was able to understand electronics and mechanics, how they integrate. 
but obviously it was for a different industry. But the foundation was basically the same. When you go fishing, no matter what kind of fish you want to do, what kind of water you're going to play with, the basic is you need the fishing rod and you need some baits and you need basically the same skills. So you can't apply to deep sea fishing or just play on the pond, but the basic information is the same. So with the robotics, I have, let's call a little edge because I'll have one layer of confidence, not enough to just come and do my whole thing. But I also make the connections. This is great for anyone in any industry. Make the connections with your sales rep, with the people from the manufacturers, because I wasn't good enough with my skills to go and do whatever I needed to do. But I could count on them to go with me on the job sites. And I will come, Mrs. Jones, this is so-and-so from the manufacturer. He's here with me so we can assess your job and present the best solution. So team up with these people, go to the seminars. I even became like a joke in one of the, the seminars because I went to the same seminar five times. And by the third time, the instructor, weren't you here six months ago? And say, yes, John, but every time I come here, I learn something new. Mm, and then yes. I became a joke. And now we, we see each other say, Roger, you see where you're coming from. It's such a pleasure because you were humble to always looking for new ways, always trying to learn. And even coming here five times, you learn five different things. As I said, again, never stop learning, make the connections. And if you don't know everything, there are people that are willing to help you. Yes. And I firmly believe there's no such thing as a wasted experience or wasted education because for some reason it all comes full circle. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals, which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level, whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. Now. Going off of that, there are a lot of listeners right now who have children who are getting ready to leave high school, they're debating college, not everyone is a good fit for college, or rather college is not a good fit for everyone, and there's nothing wrong with that. So now let's talk about instead of going to college, if someone wanted to start a window treatment installation business or perhaps they've been to college, but they don't actually like what they're doing as a career. They want to be hands-on. They don't want to be stuck in an office. They have some innate, you know, they're handy. They have some skill sets. What sort of skills and resources would someone like that need if they wanted to start an installation business? Like starting from nothing, really, what would they need? Our industry is a very particular industry. It's not just hands-on. It's not just force. You need to have a lot of finesse because 
we are not going to quote unquote a job site. What I'm saying is, I'm not trying to offend anyone. If you are a carpenter and you're building a house, if you screw up a piece of wood, you go and cut again. The sheetrock is going to come over. The paint is going to come after you. The carpenter will be done. Nobody going to see your mistakes. Everything is going to be hidden. The problem being an installer, your job is exposed. You are the last piece on the project. So you come into a home that is already done. In a lot of situations, it's already furnished. Usually we deal with people with extra money, not people that need your services, but they are people that want your services. It's different. They can choose who they're going to work with. So not just being able to measure, not just being able to carry a ladder, not just being able to be 15 feet in the air, it's just not enough. You have to have the finesse. You're going to be dealing with fabrics, in most cases, white fabrics. You need to be super careful. You're dealing with products that cost hundreds, even thousands of dollars. There's no one after you to patch your, the scratches you put on the wall. There's no one after you to clean your dirty fingers that you left on the walls. So this is the extra carefulness that you need to have. And a lot of people don't understand that piece. So you can't just be a bull in a china shop. You actually have to have attention to detail and then have, you know, physical endurance, I'd imagine, if you're lifting heavy window treatments, can't have a fear of heights, I'm guessing. Uh, You said the windows are getting higher and bigger. And yeah, this is why I, well, one of many reasons why I could never do this job. But (laughs) yeah, I actually put together a PDF with 13 qualities to be a great installer. You need to respect people's time. You cannot be selfish. You really need to interact with people. You cannot just be isolated in your corner doing your your work. This is a very exciting industry. Clients are all happy to see you on installation. So you don't want them to distract you from work, but you cannot just say, get out of my way. Let me do my job. You need to interact with these people. You need to be a team player. Usually there's multi-layers of uh, professionals involved. There's the dealer, the installer, the workroom, the designer. You cannot throw anyone under the bus. Again, you need to be strong to lift all these heavy products and equipment. You also need to be super gentle to handle fabrics, to not damage anything in the house. You need to be good with hand tools. If something comes, you know, with a little defect or missing a bracket or something, you need to be able to be creative and go to your van and magically play MacGyver and find a solution. There's a lot of skill sets that you need to have. Yeah, and it makes me really think about the lack of knowledge of this industry just like when you first tried your cousin was doing it like what is that even a thing and unfortunately it I think there's a lot of people out there who are like oh my goodness I did not know this was a thing and listening to you describe it what you're describing is a completely professional custom service that is just unfortunately so obscure right now but for the people who are like you know what 
my 20 something year old could do this or I could do this. What are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're trying to start the installation business? Because I'm sure that when they see the income potential, when they see this doesn't require a college degree, it does require a great many other things of a person, yes, but in their excitement, they might just be like, well, I'm gonna get a van and I'm gonna get some tools and I'm just gonna go to work. What mistakes do these people often make and how could they maybe avoid those mistakes? Yes, some of the mistakes uh, exactly believe that because they know how to drive a screw on a wall, they're going to be making good amount of money right off the bat. And I'm speaking for experience because I was one of them. Fortunately, I think I was born with customer service mind because I always care. I always respected people's home. It is one of the things that I see on the forums, people think because all the attention and because all the lack of installers in the country, everybody's desperate looking for installers. They feel like, well, they need to take me no matter what because they don't have any. So humbleness is one of the greatest qualities that any installer should have. Not feel like I'm the one that, you know, going to solve all the problems. I'm going to make you look good. It is true, but you don't need to show that off. The other thing, a lot of installers I see, oh, I've been doing this for so many years, I don't need any training. So that, that's a mistake because eventually technology leave you behind. I had a conversation with this designer on a job site and she said, it's going to have a training. And I offer that to my store. I even offer him to pay for the training. So well, I've been doing this for 25 years. I don't need any training. And she was like, um, I actually think you do. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> with, with this attitude, I'm not even going to use you as a my installer anymore. You have so, to have a teachable spirit. Right. And the other thing, too, when people call you to go double check measurements, they are pretty much hiring you to be the insurance company for them. So if you go double check a measurement, if something doesn't work or doesn't fit or you didn't measure right, it falls back on your lap. You are responsible to replace those treatments that you provided the measurement for. Now, a lot of installers don't feel like it's their responsibility and that's another mistake. So you need to own your mistakes and be a team player and all, oh, you are differently. So no, it, if you see something that doesn't work, you need to come up and say, teach them how to do the proper way. So a little bit of more team play, it would be great in the industry as well. Eventually, people, you name it, will stand out if you have all these qualities. But it's not something just because you know how to handle a drill and you drive a van, you automatically are granted an installer, a title as an installer. Yes, and those are really important differentiations to make. You know, I hear the passion in your voice just because you've been in this industry long enough, you have all of this experience, and you're constantly adding to your own knowledge base. So what exactly, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it, what sparked the idea for your next entrepreneurial venture, Trading Up Consulting? Because, I mean, shades in place, like, 
you've already got a business. So then you decide to add another business as a true entrepreneur does. But where did that idea come from? Because it's no small thing to then turn around and teach your colleagues the way you're doing. Some of my friends say, are you going to teach your competition how to do what you do? (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I was already doing some of these training and seminars through Vision Magazine and teaming up with Grace McNamara. So I really enjoyed that. And what was happening was because my company is basically me, myself, and I, I don't have a team. And I was just looking for a way, it's not exactly a way of retirement, but eventually because this job is very physical, I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. And I was thinking, well, I don't want to come and hit 65 and say, oh, what am I going to do with my life now? Because now I cannot climb ladders. I cannot hold all these treatments 20 feet high. At the same time, I say, I just don't want to give up all my knowledge and everything that I learned and all my connections. I need to find a way to stay connected with all of these things that I already learned. And then we got the pandemic last year and all the training and all the seminars that we're going to have all got canceled. They said we, everything turned into webinars. And then something just hit me on the way to one install. And I say, there's not really a school for, for these anymore. You know, they used to have a school down in Charlotte. That's actually where I went for training, CHF school, but they closed a few years back. So no one wakes up in the morning and says, well, I want to be a window treatment installer. They might want to be a carpenter because they see schools all over the country. They get, you know, advertisement and all of that, but there's no school to become a window treatment installer. So I say, well, maybe that's the key. I can utilize all my knowledge. I can utilize all my connections and I can teach the proper way how to be an installer because I made a lot of mistakes. It cost me really big money to replace blinds that I didn't measure right. There were a few days I said, you know what, this is not worth it. It, It's too expensive or too stressful, but there was no social media. There is no easier way to learn other than going to physical seminars back then. Now it's much easier, much more interactive. So all of these make so much easier to learn and to teach and to spread the knowledge that I said, well, this is a a perfect transition for me. So I can still do shades in place, but I can also train people even remotely, even with live webinars, even with live classes. And this can help the industry. And obviously I became part of the WCAA board of directors trying to increase the awareness of installers. I said, well, this is just perfect. It makes all the sense. It does. And and for those listening who don't know, I'm on that board as well. So we've had plenty of conversations, you know, with the rest of the WCA National Board talking about the lack of installers in the industry. And then a point that you've brought up several times is the fact that not everyone can just be an installer. We need more good installers, not more people calling themselves installers and then not being able to deliver. So when someone is like, all right, I want to take this seriously. 
I want to become an installer or I want to become a better installer and they start working with you through trading up, what does that process look like? Do you ever do one-on-one -on -one consulting calls with them? Do they just watch webinars whenever it's convenient for them? Or, or what could someone expect when they work with you? Everyone has a different level of need. Someone might need to be trained one-on-one. -on -one. Some of the dealers, they have multiple installers, so it's easier for me to travel to that place of business because then we can assess the needs as a whole. Some people just need a phone call. Some people need more work. So I, I offer training in uh, knowledge in several ways. I have a, a newsletter that I share tips every other week. So some people just learn from that. But I also do the podcast. Some people just email directly some questions, webinars. So everyone has a different type of need, but everything is available from 101. Once COVID is more in control, I will have people to come to my site. I converted my shopping to a small facility with different types of windows, different scenarios, so I can go over different needs for the industry. I'm also in talk to several key players throughout the country to offer local training so they don't need to travel all the way to my facility, which is going to make more cost effective for everyone. Yeah, so there's a lot of coming down. Yeah, I, I really like this. It's exciting because you're filling this big gap in the industry. And that's why it's exciting having somebody like you on the board with WCAA. It just like totally made sense. So where can people go to connect with you and learn from you? They can visit the website. It's tradingupconsulting.com. They can sign up for the newsletter. They can follow me on Instagram at tradingupconsulting. I also have a Facebook group. They can join. Even if they're not part of the industry, they are free to join. So they can see how the conversations work. It's an active group. We are going to 1,000 members probably this week. We are okay. at 997 at this point. So just follow, even if you don't belong to the industry, but you see the kind of questions people post, you say, wow, this is more than I thought. Like the same way when I first started, I say, who the heck hire you to hang shades? So yes, that is the whole industry behind this. And then you realize if this is for you or not. I hope it is for you because as you mentioned it, there's so much need for quality professionals. There's not enough installers out there to handle all the business we have. Construction is not slowing down anytime soon. Dealers are focused on selling it. So we need the professionals to install and to troubleshoot and to treat people's home with care. This is also a great, really great profession if you really think these the proper way. You can have flexibility with your time. You can make a good money. The investment is not really that high. You need, you know, a decent vehicle. You need some tools. Obviously, you need to dedicate some time to learn the proper way, but that is a lot of potential to be a great installer. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that we didn't touch too much on, but the income potential. 
we're talking a nice, comfortable living here if you do it correctly. And I don't want anyone to think it's like some sort of get rich quick thing because those things never last. But this is like a genuine way for someone to provide for a family or get out of debt or, you know, just carve out a space for themselves in the industry. And that's why this whole conversation just needed to happen. So thank you, Roger, for coming on the show. I appreciate Kate. Thank you so much. And uh, just one last thing. One of our friends down in Florida, he owned an installation company, and he was just telling me that he hired his kid is a friend of his son that works for him. And the, the kid is like 21 years old, and last year he made $80,000. Oh, I'm so no glad college, you told that story. <laughs> no college, you know, but obviously it's not just uh, buy a drill and buy a step stool and you're going to make that kind of money. You need to show that you deserve that kind of money. You know, you need to represent someone's company, treat people's home with respect, everything that I already said, but the potential is there. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing is it does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. All that matters is you have that work ethic and that professionalism and that teachable spirit. And yeah, that story about, your friend's son. That's like a serious um, rags to riches story. I remember also hearing this story recently from someone else. And apparently he was also the first to graduate from high school in his family. Is that correct? Correct. Wow. It's so inspiring. Well, thank you for sharing that. And to everyone listening, I highly suggest you head over to tradingupconsulting.com because maybe you have someone in your life who could really see this as a viable career path. And this could be the next life-changing thing. So thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.